I want to welcome you to day two of our look through Matthew chapter 12. Today we're going to look at what is one of the most common questions people have about the ministry of Jesus in the New Testament. In our research team, it's the most common question, I think, as we're walking through the book of Matthew. Every time it comes up that Jesus does this, someone asks, why does he do this? Jesus often, when he healed someone, would say to them, don't tell anyone. And so our question is, why? I mean, doesn't he want people to know the good news? Why did Jesus tell people not to tell? And earlier in Matthew, we've addressed this very briefly and talked about the fact that it was a matter of timing. Jesus didn't want to press the action of his enemies, of the Pharisees. He knew there was a timing when he should go to the cross. So he didn't want to push that too fast. But there's a fuller answer. There's a deeper answer. In fact, in all the Gospels, the deepest answer is here in Matthew 12 of why Jesus told people not to tell. Listen to verses 15 to 21. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. Many followed him, and he healed all their sick, warning them not to tell who he was. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he leads justice to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. So Matthew tells us here that Jesus telling people not to tell, it was a fulfillment of prophecy. The fulfillment of this prophecy in Isaiah about the nature of who Jesus is as he walks this earth, God, man, and also the nature of Jesus's ministry. As he talks about the nature of Jesus's ministry, Isaiah says, he came to serve. He is my servant. And Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He's chosen and loved by God, sent into this world to serve us. Isaiah says he came to proclaim justice, the justice of God revealed in our lives. And this is not just national justice. It involves that in the end. God's justice will be done in the end, but it begins with personal justice being set right with God, God setting things right in our lives so things can be set right in this world. He came to serve. He came to proclaim justice. At the end, in verse 21, in his name, the nations will put their hope. He came to give hope. But the thing he did not come to do is he did not come to judge. One day, Jesus will judge. The scripture is very clear about that, but not yet. John 3, 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus did not come to judge. And because of that, as you look at the ministry of Jesus, you see this careful and patient and loving ministry. He did not come to judge. He came to offer hope. And so he deals with people carefully and patiently in order to open the door to everyone. Now, I understand there is an exception in the religious leaders, but the reason the exception was there is because they were acting like they had come to judge. And Jesus, who did not come to judge, was not going to let them become the judge. The scripture here says he doesn't quarrel or cry out. When you look closely at the ministry of Jesus, in many ways it was a very quiet ministry until the last few weeks, those weeks in Jerusalem, those weeks towards the cross. We see the drama in it now when we read back into it, but in that day, no one knew what was happening in this little corner of Israel. Sometimes even in the towns where Jesus was healing, you could easily be in your house and not know that it had happened that day. Sometimes you could even be at one of the miracles that Jesus worked and the way that he worked them through his disciples or through others, unless you were looking, you could miss the meaning even in that moment. We see it now, but in many ways, Jesus had a very quiet 
and careful and patient ministry as he walked this earth. He's God in human flesh, but he's walking through the streets, gently, carefully healing people. And the scripture describes this beautiful description from Isaiah of this careful, patient, loving ministry of Jesus when it says, a bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering candle he will not snuff out, something that's just about ready to be ended, this bruised reed that could easily be tossed away. It's talking about a plant where maybe you've seen one that has been broken off almost all of the way. And in order to get it to live again, you'd have to carefully prop it back up and tend it every day and wrap it very carefully. And Jesus cared for people even like that. Or the smoldering candle that's just about to go out. Jesus cared for people even like that. So when you look at these scriptures, they describe the careful and patient ministry of Jesus as he walked this earth. But I want you to realize something. They also describe the ministry of Jesus in your life. This is the way that Jesus treats you. Patient, loving, gentle, forgiving. Like a bruised reed, that's how he treats you. Instead of seeing the things that could be judged so easily in your life and pulling the weed, the reed, and throwing it aside, no, he gently works with you every day. He binds that place very carefully. He cares for you daily at that place, giving his encouragement, giving his word. That's the way that Jesus works. Like that smoldering candle. It's that smoldering candle has that bare amount of spark that's left. And the only way to bring it back to life is to blow on it gently. If you blow on it real hard, it's going to go out. But if you blow on it gently over time, you can bring it back to life. And Jesus breathes life into you, into me, day after day after day. This is the way he led you to faith, with patience and love, not judgment, not condemnation. And this is the way that he leads you in growth, with patience and love. Why doesn't he come down hard on you every time you make a mistake, commit a sin, do the same thing again that you did before that you shouldn't have done the first time? Why doesn't he come down hard on you? Because he loves you. And because he knows that It is not condemnation, but it is that tender love that's going to cause you to grow, cause you to keep turning to him. So these phrases, they describe the ministry of Jesus while he walked the earth, his ministry in your life, but they describe also a third thing. They describe your ministry in Jesus' name. Jesus did not come to condemn, and your ministry, our ministry, is not to condemn. We are to minister to others in the same way that Jesus ministers to us. Now, in this sense of not condemning, we often say here at Saddleback that we don't expect people to act like believers until they are believers. We do want to encourage people to live in faith once they are believers. To not be condemning means doesn't mean you can't tell the truth when someone needs to grow. You just don't do it in a condemning way. And to not be condemning means that before someone becomes a believer, you know the main issue in their life is that they come to know Christ. You know some people right now. They're a bruised reed. They're ready to break. They're a smoldering candle. They're ready to go out. You know some people like that. But what is concerning to me in my ministry is there's many times when I don't know that people are like this. They look strong on the outside. They they speak with great strength, but there's something going on in their life that I don't know about. Something in their family, something in there's some sin that they're caught up in. There is some gossip that's come against them. There's some criticism that's hurting them. There is something from their past that's come up again with their parents. Something is going on in their life, and I don't even know about it. 
So that causes me to think, I've got to walk carefully through life because I never know when I'm going to come across someone who is that bruised reed just about to break, that smoldering candle just about to go out. And God, could you use me? Could you use me to bind them at that broken place? Could you use me to bring back into life that which is almost gone? The ministry of Jesus through your life can do that. How can you minister with the love of Jesus? You can strengthen people at that bruised place. You can fan their love into flame again. Now, I get it as I talk about this that we have different personalities. I'm not saying we have to all have the same personality. Some of us are more soft-spoken. Others are more loud. God doesn't want to change your personality so much as he wants to change your actions. Whatever your personality, you can love and not condemn. Whatever your personality, you can be patient. I know you don't want to be patient because whatever your personality, you don't like patience. But whatever your personality, the Holy Spirit can strengthen you to be patient because it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Whatever your personality, you can do what Jesus did. You can serve. You can proclaim justice. You can offer hope. Passage from Isaiah ends with saying, until he leads justice to victory. We do this until God turns the page on history. There will come a day when Jesus will judge. And all who have followed him, all who have chosen him, will enjoy eternity with him. All who have rejected him and in that done evil throughout their lives and to others, they will suffer in that day for that. But it's not that day yet. And so that is why Jesus, when he walked this earth the first time, he walked it very carefully. And he sometimes said to people, don't tell yet, because of the nature of his ministry, because he knew where things were headed. He knew the kind of ministry that we needed, and he knew the kind of thing that would change our lives. Now, as I read this example of Jesus, I don't know about you, but I need his strength to live out this example. It's the easiest thing in the world to be impatient. It's the most tempting thing in the world to try to push hard to get what I want or to get what I'm saying I want even for somebody else's life. I want to minister like Jesus did. Let's pray that he'll give us that strength. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for binding up those broken places in our lives and fanning into flame that candle that was just about to go out. Thank you for your loving patience. And I pray that you would use me. We pray that you'd use us to patiently love others, to patiently express your love to the people we meet today. We need your strength to do that. So we ask for that strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to see the scripture where Jesus explains blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and the unforgivable sin. <laughs>